How you doing, FCS football fans? This is the FCS Opening Drive Podcast, presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting and Football Game Plan. This is the 2019 Ivy League preview here as we get you ready for football season. We're less than a month and a half away. I am David Hassig, and next to me, of course, Lazar of the Playbook, Emery Hunt. Emery, how are you, dude? I am doing outstanding. I had a little burp there uh, in the water <laughs> with down the wrong pipe. Not a great way to start off the podcast, but it's authentic, exactly. and we are here. Uh Talking about the Ivy League and its eight constituents. It's eight very good. Yes, we need we need to use at least two exactly. SAT terms <laughs> during this podcast. So greetings and salutations to all of you. If you'd like to uh, listen to any of the previous podcasts, we've already done the Big Sky, the Big South, and the CAA. You can listen to those podcasts on SoundCloud and iTunes. We've got videos coming for all of the in-depth previews of all the conferences on footballgameplan.com, youtube.com slash footballgameplan as well as Emory's uh, Football Game Plan 400, the recruiting roundup for the FCS, talking about the incoming freshman class uh, for all the schools in the FCS. The Ivy League is out, as well as the CAA, Big Sky in the Big South. The others are on the way, so keep an eye out for those. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, obviously follow at FBallGamePlan and myself at David underscore Hassagan on Twitter, mainly for my hot takes, for you, for your NFL hot takes. Mainly your for your hot takes. Mr. Blue Tick Mark over there. Anyway, let's wow. go into it. Yeah, you think wow. this might be bothering me? This is the fourth it, straight right? podcast that I've been on it. You've been on it. You, you've been on it. Twitter, verify me. That's all I ask. <laughs> Although a profile picture would probably be helpful. Um, you you don't have a. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I need dude. a professional profile pic. Okay, I need a professional one done. So you sitting there with the egg or, or the the silhouette, <laughs> whatever it is. Now I'm not my sure goodness, man. Anyway, I will get to that, folks. But anyway. The hot takes are coming. We've already had some scorchers on the way. We've also talked a lot about uh, all the conferences we talked about last year. We talked about the best returning players, new coaches, what to watch in 2019, the big games to watch. And we're going to do the same thing here for the Ivy League. So let's start by reminiscing, if you will, about 2018. And we got to start with the biggest story that no one saw coming, and that is the undefeated Princeton Tigers. Princeton Perfection in 2018 averaged 47 points per game on offense run rough shot over the rest of the ivy league it wasn't even close for princeton this year where did that come from what an incredible season for the tigers first of all pronoun trouble i saw <laughs> princeton going running the table last year i knew they were going to be really good you can check the archives of this podcast and go back to our last year ivy preview you mean tell me they had John Lovett with two excellent receivers coming back? People along thought they were going to be good. Undefeated, though? Pronoun trouble. Undefeated? 47 points per game? They were outstanding. I was on the broadcast That's for Monmouth-Princeton game. It was They got out the blocks early and often in that game. And we were both there for the Princeton-Columbia uh, Columbia game. game. We saw how quickly they just moved the ball down the field. Uh, immediately. Bang. Princeton's on top of them and on top of the scoreboard. And we're like... This isn't a bad Columbia team. What's going on? <laughs> right. They made very good teams like Columbia, Penn, Yale look amateur last year. I thought Incredible they could job. have competed deep into the playoffs. If they were allowed into the playoffs, forget about it. They would have 
at minimum one in the first round, if not the first two. They were that good. They, they could have made a deep, deep run because who's going to stop them? Right. What defense was there in, in all of FCS football? And again, it's the Ivy League, so no one really paid attention you know, to those numbers. But those are scary numbers to see. They were outstanding on defense anywhere. equally as they were on offense. Absolutely outstanding. We will talk about Princeton, though, for this year because they got a lot of reloading to do. Um, but last year overall, a very strong year for the Ivy. Even though how good Princeton was, four weeks out from the end of the season, there were still five teams that could have won the conference. Very, very strong year from Dartmouth. They were outstanding last year as well and finished 9-1. and one. Uh, Harvard was solid. Columbia was solid. Penn was solid. When you have Yale finishing 5-5, five and five, that's a good year for the Ivy League. And again, a conference that doesn't really get much attention. They've gotten better over the last five years. Yes. Like significantly better to where you are now having the conversation like, man, I think Princeton or the Dartmouth team with, with uh, Dale and Williams a few years ago. Yeah. Yale with their, you know, their freshman team and and what they were able to do. Columbia with their their resurgence. Um, you're looking at a team like Princeton. You're like, man, they probably could have beaten an FBS team last year. Yeah. So that just speaks volumes of how great the Ivy has gotten. Like I said, over the last five years, and I don't think it's going away at all. No, no, I, I don't think in the slightest. They're compete. They're winning recruiting battles That's with FBS schools. The, Princeton is beating out Rutgers for Exactly. Players. That tells you, and, and by the way, you talk about, oh, they could have been an FBS program. That's the FBS program. Princeton against Rutgers would have been a bloodbath for Princeton. They should have done it this year, uh, the 150th uh, anniversary of college football, the first game between Princeton and Rutgers back in 1869. Which were, by the way, doing, done with rugby rules. I think it finished like, what, 5-2? Don't matter. It's only like that, but Princeton won the last. first game. So, exactly. Um <laughs> The other thing that we looked at coming into last year were two teams that relied a lot on younger players that stepped up in a big way, and that was Yale and Columbia. The biggest problem, though, is that we didn't expect Columbia to be the team that kept a higher winning percentage in the second season. Columbia finished 6-4, a really rough season for Yale, which in the last five years is kind of unheard of seeing them at 5-5. Well, the reason why for both teams, Columbia and Yale, uh, they suffered significant losses from injury. Yes. So yes. they were depleted. Now you look at a healthy Columbia, a healthy Yale, puts them right back in the conversation for the title. I I think I think Yale will be up there. And I want to go back to just one more thing, too, in terms of the depth. Even the teams at the bottom, Cornell and Brown, Brown competed well last year. Like, they only had one win, and that was against Georgetown. But they were competitive with Harvard. They were competitive with Cornell. Yale, they put up forty. Yale put up forty six on them, but they were close with Penn, who had a really good offense last year. Um, but going back to Yale, I think the injury problems were a lot of it. I think maybe it was a little bit of overconfidence on their part. I think because having that much success with younger players, it's going to happen. You know, as, as as if when you're younger, you're going to be more confident. You're going to be a little bit more cocky. Hey, we're going to be you know we're going to be this team. Um, I think Columbia being so bad for so long, they knew to keep their head down a bit. Yale, I think, again, the injury problems certainly had an impact. Um, but I, th- I think Yale will be up there again this year for the title, but we'll see what happens. Let's talk about some of the players that are coming back. Who's one of the better players on the offensive side of the ball you've got coming back for 2019? Josh Wainwright, Columbia. Yeah. One of the, he was injured in camp. 
Um, and that was their everything. Dynamic playmaker, returner, wide receiver. They get him back healthy. Uh, he's going to be fun to watch. Now, I also stay in the backfield with two running backs and Kerrigan Brooks from Penn and Colin Eady, the speedster for Princeton. Yeah. So I think the backfield is going to be impressive this year in the Ivy League with those two explosive, explosive backs running the football. I want to focus on Dartmouth real quick because I think for me they're one of the favorites for a lot of people this year. And Derek Kyler did a fantastic job last year as a sophomore uh, at the quarterback position. Uh, threw 13 touchdowns, only two picks as a sophomore quarterback. Threw for 1,300 yards. Um, again, that's not going to blow anybody away, but he was a great runner as well. Uh, Jared Garbino was an outstanding running back for them last year. He was running people all over the yard. Him and, Rash- and uh, senior Rashad Cooper, who has now moved on. I was at the Dartmouth-Yale game, and the way they dominated the line of scrimmage, running the ball with that two-quarterback system, oh. like you said, both of those guys are back. Yeah, For, forget about it. Um, I want to also talk about their defense, though, and that's um, Isaiah Swan, the cornerback. Nine interceptions, nine, and nine passes broken up individually, plus 39 tackles. That's otherworldly to have that many picks in a season. Some guys don't get that for their careers in the NFL. You get nine in college in one season, that's impressive. That's going to be a key stuff. And he's them. good in man coverage. He's good in zone coverage. He drives on the football He's, uh, you know, he's got great instincts. I'm a big fan of what he brings to the table. I think he he's also on the Senior Bowl watch list, so I think he's going to be playing in a postseason All Star game. Whether he deserves it's it. Shrine Senior NFLPA um, or College Gridiron Showcase. He's got next level talent. I, I, yeah, I think so too. Also, I got to go with one of the better names, De Lorenzi, the <laughs> defensive lineman from Columbia. Again, you talk about these linemen; they're not a force in terms of the overall number of tackles. He only had 37. Ten and a half tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks. That's, That's getting a the job. Force there. in That's the middle good. for Columbia. I would also look at Kevin Davis and the quarterback from Princeton. I mean, we pressure, right? Because prior to John Lovett, you had Chad Canoff, who's with the Arizona Cardinals, right? So Davidson is a really good prospect. We talked about those recruiting battles. He's one of them. So yeah. three star talent. Now he gets the job as a starter. You know, granted, they're replacing a lot of guys around him, but they got a good running back in, in Kyle Needy. What he's going to do this year is going to be fun to watch. I mean, what, what did uh, Bob Sarace tell you when you uh, interviewed him? The best 11 guys will play on the field on offense, and if that happens to be three quarterbacks, that's what it's going to be? Yeah. And, and so, you're, you're talking about James Perry. James Perry, right. The former so offensive coordinator right. who's now the head coach at Brown. That's going to be an he's going story. back to where he where he uh, where he played. So right, exactly. And let's talk about James Perry real quick because again, he's had a lot of pedigree. He was the OC at Princeton for a solid amount of time. He played at Brown. He coached at Brown. He's coached at Brown before as right. the um, quarterbacks coach. Uh, last few years, couple years, he's been at Bryant. Kind of brought that program up a little bit. Didn't quite get to where they wanted to go, but then the Brown job opened up. In comes. Coach Perry, he gets the full reins of his alma mater. Some would say that's a lot of pressure. Others would say that's a massive opportunity for him. I think it's a massive opportunity. He was only at Bryant one year, and the difference you saw in Bryant was on offense. Two years. Two years at Two years at Bryant. They started scoring ridiculous amounts of points. Yes. They didn't stop anybody, but they, they were scoring 35 to 40 points a game, it seemed like. Yeah. 
Princeton, we know about his offense. Like I said, that's how we got introduced to, you know, uh, um, John Lovett and also uh, Canoff yeah. on the field at the same time, and Lovett was just doing everything. You know, it's almost like the Ivy League version of uh, the, you know, the single wing or what have you. It was, it was, it was impressive to watch, fun to watch, made for great, you know, uh, TV, great games to watch and, and cover. Yes, I expect fully Brown's offense to be a, an asset this year well, easily. Let, yeah, well, let's talk about that Brown offense because, as as you said, it's a brand new regime. They didn't look bad really in many games last year. They're going to that up tempo offense. But they're also bringing back 10 offensive starters for this year and eight starters on the defensive side of the ball. There's a lot of experience at Brown. Can they finally get over that hump and get some wins in conference this year? Because they've struggled to do that. That's going to be one thing to watch. Another thing will be a healthy Columbia and Yale. Mm-hmm. Columbia was one of the favorites coming in last year, dealt with some injuries. Um, now they're healthy. They get a big playmaker back. Yale has great quarterback play. Uh, you know how I feel about Rawlings and what he can do a- as a quarterback. Um, they can run the football as well. You know, Coach Reno is a fantastic coach. So healthy Columbia and healthy Yale are some things to watch. I think what's going to be interesting is watching the quarterback competition for Princeton mm-hmm. because they obviously they've got a lot of holes at running back and wide receiver. They've lost a lot of pieces. But from what we've heard, it's an open competition at this point to take over. Um, you look at FCS stats, and I would highly recommend you look at their uh, spring previews. They've got some great coverage on there. At Craig Haley. He at does Craig a great Haley. job with all those. Does a fantastic job. But some of the candidates, they they got four different candidates from spring ball that could take over this offense. Kevin Davidson, Zachary Keller, Cole Smith, and Brevin White. So, there, again, there's going to be so much pressure on whoever takes over because the last two quarterbacks of Princeton have been phenomenal. They've been award winners. They've led their team right. to just – Incredible numbers. And they're playing in the NFL. They're playing in the NFL. No pressure, kids. No no <laughs> pressure at all on you. But the fact that, again, Princeton finished 11th last year in the FCS stats poll, top 25, for a team that didn't even, isn't even eligible for the playoffs. There's going to be some big, big shoes to fill all over the field because they lost Charlie Volker as well. So you lose him in the running game. You mentioned uh, Colin Eady, who's going to be. Eady is, Eady is fast, bro. He's going to be key. You lost Jesper Horstead. You lost Carlson. You lost linebackers Tom Johnson and um, Mark Fasati. There's a lot of holes for Princeton. There's a lot of holes here, but there's also a lot of, oh, we don't care. Okay, that's fine. We're, we're just going to blow you out anyway. So, I, would, I would also keep an eye out on the new offense at Penn. Kevin Morris comes over from Monmouth. Yep. You know, as a new offensive coordinator. Um that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Monmouth, I thought, ran one of the more well-balanced offensive attacks in the in the uh, Big South. They they can run the ball. They they throw it timely. It's efficient. It's productive. With that, along with what they have at Carrick and Brooks, I expect him to have 1,500 mm. yards rushing because of it. So Penn's offense is something to watch this year, I believe. I think this is going to be another wide-open field for the Ivy. And, again, that's a compliment of how the conference has improved. My – Concern the team that I'm concerned with that was up near the top is Columbia, because all the teams around them are making changes. They're making adjustments. They've mm-hmm. you know, Princeton's going to have to obviously reload. Dartmouth is solid again, but Penn's got a new offense. Yale's going to be healthy. Harvard had a much better year last year than they had the last couple. Columbia just needs to be going along, and that that could be really really good. That steady, 
consistent, this is how we play the game, this is how we prepare, this is how we do things. But when other teams are kind of moving past you or getting even with you, all of a sudden you can't just go on that same line. Otherwise, you're going to be down below. First of all, let's look at the history. Columbia has had their first. They can't believe what they're seeing at Columbia right exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> Back-to-back winning seasons since 61 and 62. Can they put three? That's unheard of at Columbia. But like, like Not even Robert Kraft could have seen that happen. 61 and 62. Let's go back to 60. Well, what happened in 61 and 62? For, for me, <laughs> let's not go back to the 60s. <laughs> for but, obvious reasons. For obvious reasons. But for Columbia football, that's 50 plus years. Yeah. Like of not having back. Imagine <laughs> how ridiculous that sounds. Like I said, they don't know what to do with themselves. Right They're now. like, wait a minute. We're, we're, we're sus- winning. We're sustaining success. <laughs> we're, we're winning. Like you the, know, so. the 1961 year, by the way, they finished uh, six and three overall. Uh, they lost to Rutgers only 32-19, but they beat Penn, Dartmouth, Cornell that year. Uh, all Ivy honors. They were all over the place. But again, what? Exactly. <laughs> How? 61 and 62. They hadn't. That was the last time they had back-to-back winning seasons. And and you, if you're Cornell, you like man. What can we do for a winning record? Like, Cornell is trying to find their winning record in this league. It, it has been a while, you yeah. know? And so I think that's another thing to watch for. Can Cornell break through uh, finally in the Ivy League? Yeah. By the way, that the offense that Columbia ran in 61 was the wing T. Of course. Nobody knows what a wing T is anymore. You don't know what the wing T is? I'm not that old. <laughs> The wing T is, is the foundation for what we see now with these uh, these unique zone read offense, these yeah. RPOs. All of that is wing T philosophy. They were doing it in 61, folks. They were doing that in Delaware, 60. Tubby Raymond, the coach, the, the long the recently uh, passed away, rest in peace, is famous for the Delaware wing T. Yeah. You so. have to get up to speed with your college football history, David. I, I, I will I – will Increase my knowledge as the year goes along. Shout out to the Blue Hands. (laughs) Shout out to the Blue Hands, definitely. Tubby Raymond. Let's get into some of the big games. Now, again, the Ivy League is a little weird. They don't start until what is technically week four. October. Yeah, they don't start (laughs) until week four. Well, they have to do all the they have to do all their studying. Please, they have to be studious. And September is a big year for that. True student Uh, athletes. Big year for that. Big month. Hello. Um, But I'm first week of their play. This has got to be on everybody's list. Brown at Bryant. Week one, James Perry goes back to Bryant in his first game as Brown head coach. That's a massive game. You don't yeah. think he's thinking about that game right now? It's funny. That's the first game I had on my list, too. Um, the second is October 5th, Columbia at Princeton. Ooh. I like that game. Ooh. I think that'll be a great game. And, oh, here's another one. It's funny. We've mentioned this team so far in all our podcasts. Are you bringing up Colgate again? Colgate plays Dartmouth <laughs> September 28th. Colgate, by far, I haven't seen the rest of the schedule, but just by the, the four <laughs> podcasts we've done, they have the toughest schedule. They've been mentioned three times. Three folks. times. Three. Th- so you got Villanova, you have William and Mary, <laughs> who should be improved, and now you have Dartmouth. Uh, Colgate, I mean, if Colgate pulls off a year like they did last year, it's going to be really impressive. But You realize Colgate, and not to get sidetracked, but at one point during the year, they were <laughs> giving up only five points a game. Yeah. 
That is nuts. They gave up five <laughs> points a game through like week ten. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to the Ivy League, folks. So we will, if you want to listen more about Colgate, I have a feeling we're going to go a lot into Colgate in the Patriot League preview for 2019. Those will be coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Week three is an interesting game as well. Harvard is at home hosting Howard. That should be a fun game. That's a talk about a clash of cultures, styles. It's, it's it's right. It's everything. Like that's a that's a because there's not many out of conference games in the in the Ivy. So you gotta get them when you can. That's a that's a, gonna be a weird one to watch. It's gonna be interesting. And we'll learn a lot about Harvard on defense. Yes, because Howard has three pro players: Kyle Anthony, the receiver; mm-hmm. Jaquez Ezard, the other receiver, who's a Senior Bowl watchless guy; yeah, and a running back, Deidre Pearson, who went ran for a thousand yards at five. Point some odd number. I want to say it was close to six yards a carry. Yeah, and they still have Kalen Newton, who's going to be in his third year, dual threat quarterback. That's a that could potentially be a, a that's going to be a huge game. And on the other side of the ball, you got Aaron Shampkin from Harvard, who averaged six point one young six point one yards a carry last year, nine touchdowns as a sophomore with over a thousand yards. That could be a great duel of running backs. That in game week, in week six. I got to check my calendar to see if i'm broadcasting <laughs> that because if i'm not that's a game to there. go to oh yeah that's and a game to go to see what i'm looking at is week four in the ivy schedule week seven overall dartmouth hosting yale you talk about a game that could decide a lot of things down the road that could be it because with yale coming back with what we expect we're looking probably at what seven eight wins for yale i think it would not be over the top right to say dartmouth i think is the favorite because princeton's reloading that could really decide the Ivy League four weeks into the season for them. Same weekend as Harvard Howard, I have Yale Fordham down as another big That's game. That's an interesting ball game. Because Fordham should be much better this year, and Yale should be much better because of the health of their key players. True. That should be a big game for both teams. That could be very interesting. And then, of course, the big one I want to look at is Week 11, Princeton at Dartmouth. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, by this point we'll know where Princeton's at. So that's going to be the interesting th- thing to consider here. Princeton might not be the same team they were last year, and if they aren't, we'll know that by the time we get to um, week 11. If they are up there, though, again, which is entirely possible, that game with Dartmouth could be critical. Is that game at Yankee Stadium? I'm not positive. It might be. Because one of those games will be at Yankee Stadium to commemorate the 150th. It is at Yankee Stadium. That's going to be a huge game. In the Bronx. and it's oh, That's going to be really interesting now. That's... You take away any advantage you had of being in New Hampshire in November. It's not a fun place to be. So you're saying the Bronx is not like New Hampshire? The Bronx is a very different. (laughs) Well, that's thank you, Captain Obvious, on that one. I mean, (laughs) if I've seen one person wearing flannel in the Bronx, I'd be very, very shocked. Um, But I think another one that's going to be interesting to watch as well is going to be Columbia versus Yale in Week 10. That's going to be a really interesting game. Again, both teams coming back from injury-plagued seasons. Um, I think it's going to be a really telling game pretty much halfway through the year see what happens there. All right, I've been going first with my hot takes. Now we have to have a flambe take because we're doing the, the Ivy League. We have to be – Well played there. I we like ha- that. We have to have a classy hot take. It has okay. to be a flambe, a, a creme – Creme brulee hot Creme take. brulee, okay, okay, I like it. I see where you're going. So what is your hot take for the Ivy League? Well, we spent all this time talking about Princeton and their offense. Yes. And they average, you know, 89 points a game and, you know, two NFL quarterbacks and, yeah. you know, the receivers are in, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Carlson actually is with the Browns where right. another Princeton player 
is there as well. Set the valve at tight end. Okay. Um, and Chicago, the Bears have uh, the other wideout. Horstead? Horstead. Jessica yes. Horstead. If names, I swear when you have so many names, you cover so much football, you have all the names. His name is just his, – his mind is a jumble of a Jumble of nothing. names. <laughs> names and, and logos, right? Yeah. So he spent all his time talking about Princeton and their offense. Mm-hmm. And they were averaging all those points a game. And it was just breezing through the season. Yes. Until they got to who? I know where you're going and with this like now. And it was like 13-9 or something like that. I know where that. you're going with this now. Go ahead. My hot take is Dartmouth goes undefeated. You got to stop reading my mind. Hey, that, that's my <laughs> hot take. Stop reading my mind. The game I saw against Yale was probably one of the more dominant point-of-attack games I've seen last season. Mm. And I've seen – Georgetown handled teams at the point of attack. I've seen Holy Cross do it. I saw Colgate do it. I saw Campbell do it. Um, but, man, Dartmouth really owned the line of scrimmage. Matt Caskey was a left tackle for Dartmouth. Uh, he was moving defensive linemen to safety. That's how far back he was <laughs> driving dudes off the ball. He is now with the Los Angeles Rams. There you go. Um, so, I think Dartmouth is – the best team in the Ivy League. And that's a prediction you're getting from me. So I do think they go undefeated. See, I think we we have the exact same hot take there. Because here's the thing. We we mentioned Colgate. We'll bring them up again. Right. They're five point whatever. That game may be one nothing. They're five point whatever points per game that they averaged last year. Second in all of FCS, Dartmouth. Bingo. 12. That's still insane. That's they were still nuts. Second in the FCS in points allowed per game. First in rushing yards allowed. First in overall yards allowed. First in they only allowed fourteen touchdowns last year. Fourteen. I'm telling you, the game against Yale was like it was a night game. I'm like, man, Yale has tried legitimately everything to move the ball. They they allowed fourteen touchdowns and five field goals last season, Dartmouth did. And they got a loss. That tells you how good Princeton was. Dartmouth is completely reloaded. They've got an incredible, incredibly diverse offensive attack. Their defense might be second to none anywhere because there's no way Colgate does what they did last year this year. There's I don't know, no man, chance. They do things differently up there in Hamilton, New York. They're, they're a little weird up there. This, 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 <laughs> you don't know what's going on up there. This. What drills are they doing? Exactly. Colgate. So, Colgate, let's, let's just put Colgate's defense back where it was. And but Dartmouth's defense will be just as good. Dartmouth is right there with anybody. I would also say – this I say Brown wins at least two in conference games. Oh, I was about to say two games. Come on, man! Like no, no, no. You got to dig deeper than that. No, two in conference wins for Brown under under uh, Coach James Perry this year, where they have struggled to do so. They've gotten wins before. They've gotten you know two games. If you say Cornell, I would have been like, all right, that's in conference, a- two in conference wins for Brown. I think they maybe only have three wins all year. But they got two wins in conference, which they have that not was, been able that, to do. That's not even a hot take, yo. What do you mean that's not a hot take? They How many games they won last year? One. <laughs> All right. Total. <laughs> so I'm saying <laughs> two wins in conference. I think with the new coaching, a lot of experienced players, new offensive scheme. Like I said, they did not look terrible in any game last year, except for maybe one or two. They didn't look terrible, terrible. They were a solid, solid team. Brown, you're going to get two in-conference wins in the Ivy. Congratulations. 
That's that's I don't know, man. Like <laughs> I'm gonna let you off the hook, but that's 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 a lame hot take. Well, remember, you took my hot take by saying Dartmouth is going to go undefeated. So you was going to say Dartmouth was going to go undefeated, yes. too. Okay, all yes. right. So we, we actually we agree. agree on something we for agree. once. Folks, that'll do it for the Ivy League preview show. Again, if you want to listen back to any of our previous uh, preview shows, we, did, we have now done the Big Sky, the Big South, the CAA, and the Ivy. You can listen to all of those on SoundCloud, iTunes. You can listen to them there. Emery will have his preview videos for these conferences coming out soon, so keep an eye on his Twitter feed at FBallGamePlan. You can also pre-order the GoGo Offense on footballgameplan.com slash GoGoOffense, the book coming out August 25th. There you go. By offense coordinator Brendan Marion of William & Mary. For you football nerds out there who Learn like to get the into the nuts and bolts and screws of the offense because <laughs> nuts and bolts aren't enough for that. Uh, again, you can follow the freshman class, incoming freshman class, the Football Game Plan Freshman 400. Uh, that Emory has come up with. The Ivy League is out. The other conferences uh, beyond the Ivy are coming. Remember, we do things in alphabetical order here. It makes it easier for us. So much easier. Less thinking, more doing. Uh, So, But you can check that out for any of the four conferences that you've done so far. So you can learn about the incoming freshman class at your respective school or in your respective conference. And again, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube, youtube.com slash footballgameplan and footballgameplan.com. Coming up next our next podcast will be the MEAC preview. A lot of uh, strange things happened in the MEAC last year. You had Morgan State kind of all over the place <laughs> doing uh, <laughs> winning on the road and then losing by 50 points the next week. You had A&M who kind of threw it away. A&T ended up in the Celebration Bowl again. There's going to be a lot to talk about, so we'll talk about the MEAC next. Then the Missouri Valley Conference will be coming up, and then the NEC. So those are the next pre- uh, podcasts to listen out for for your 2019 preview. As for now, this has been the Ivy League preview brought to you by Football Game Plan and the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. For Emory Hunt, this is David Hashagan. Thanks for listening in.